Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Welcome to Tigers and 20 VIP Podcast, your VIP only behind the scenes dive into Memphis's football and basketball recruiting and insider news. Here are your hosts, lead writer for Go Tigers 247, Christian Fowler, and founder of Go Tigers 247, Brooks Hansen. What's up, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Tigers in 20. I'm your host, Christian Fowler, and joining me, as always, is Go Tigers 247 founder, Brooks Hansen, and we are coming at you recording this on the eve of Jalen Green's announcement date, uh, and Brooks... Brooks has been working the phones. He's got a lot of information. So I'm basically just going to step back on this one and interject when needed. Brooks, what you got? Oh, man. What a crazy 24, 48 hours. I don't even know where to begin. Um, I mean, Christian, how are you feeling? Like, you're, you've been sitting back watching this unfold, watching me kind of do my thing from from an outsider perspective of someone who who understands how this works but kind of watching it all unfold what what are you feeling I mean it's it's not surprising I mean I I know I haven't been doing this for an extremely long amount of time only two and a half I think two two and a half three years something like I don't know feels like it's been an eternity but I haven't been doing this for very long but I mean something you learn pretty quickly in this game or even as a fan is that recruiting especially top level prospects is insane i mean we've seen it with a lot of guys just in the past couple years the way it goes back and forth uh, and you never really know until you know until it's over so i'm not i wouldn't say i'm i'm shocked or surprised by any of this is it a little bit different than some of the situations we've covered yes but i mean it it doesn't lack in drama and it's it's been a roller coaster for the past what week now that we've went back and forth on multiple options. So it's crazy, but I can't say I'm shocked by what's going on. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I tweeted this earlier, and and the crazy part about this thing to me with Jalen Green being tied up in the discussions about potentially going pro with the G League with these uh, special exception pathway contracts is – that I and I tweeted this earlier from the Go Tigers two four seven Twitter account is that Memphis seems to always somehow be swept up in the whole high school players and the G League situations. There have only been two players in history go straight from high school to the G League, and they both somehow have connections to Memphis. Latavius Williams committed to Josh Baster in 2009, went to play in the uh, G League back then, uh, averaged like 7.7 rebounds, went, I believe, undrafted and never played a single game in the league. He was the number 33 overall player in the country that year, according to 247s. But uh, at one time, he was like the number 15 overall player. And then Darius Baisley committed to Syracuse, decommitted, planned to play in the G League, and ended up in Memphis preparing for the NBA draft and training in Memphis. And now you've got Rod Strickland, who was formerly on staff at Memphis under John Calipari, and Sharif Adurrahim, who's a former Grizzly, both working with the G League to influence the recruitment of multiple Memphis 
targets. The main one that's in focus right now is Jalen Green. And you know what's crazy? Christian, guess what What's, I found out today? What did you find out today, Brooks? The, this whole thing is not necessarily about the G League. This thing is a is bigger than that. The G League and the NBA are looking at expanding what they do. And guess who's who's kind of spearheading that effort? Go ahead and tell us. Former Memphis assistant under Penny Hardaway, Sam Mitchell. Who coached who, who in AAU? Jalen Green. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and this is where you insert the bombshell noise, Kenny. Um, yeah, so so from my understanding, from the sources I'm speaking to, the NBA, the G League, have teamed up and are in the process of creating essentially – a. Like almost like a grassroots high school prep school team, a post-grad high school player team with guys like Jalen Green, like Jalen Suggs, like Terrence Clark that they've been targeting, Greg Brown. Isaiah Todd. Isaiah Todd. Yeah, guys like that that would traditionally go overseas to the NBL in partnership with the NBL in order to keep American prospects from having to leave American soil in order to participate in the MBL developmental process in a, in a year to prepare for the NBA draft. So what that means is prospects like Jalen Green, in partnership with the G League and the NBA, would essentially get a year like Darius Baisley got to prepare for the NBA draft by playing essentially exhibition, like farm, you know, I don't need, I don't farm league exhibition games, nonsense games where they're kind of like showcase games. They allow Jalen Green to get out there, break a sweat, have, you know, NBA scouts and GMs see him on the floor, evaluate him, see how he's coming in his training, and then get drafted, essentially. Um, so this is a game changer. If this happens, the, the university of Memphis schools like Memphis schools, like Kentucky schools, like Duke, Florida state, North Carolina, Florida, you know, you name it, LSU now have to recruit against each other. So for JD Davison, university of Memphis has to recruit against Alabama and Auburn and, you know, Duke and Kentucky and the NBA. Because now the NBA is directly recruiting high school athletes to come play under contract, paid for a developmental league. That changes everything. And and here's my, my take. The NCAA, if it does not adjust – NCAA basketball, as we know it, is obsolete in three years. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it makes total sense. Like like you just said, it makes NCAA obsolete because these players basically, and I think you wrapped it up perfectly saying they make, all they get to do is go out there and they showcase their skills. So it's basically, if you break it down, it's like a glorified all-star game almost because they're not playing against elite level college players are not playing against elite level NBA players. 
So they're basically going out, they're showcasing their skills, especially this these high level guys like you mentioned is what they're targeting. Uh, most of these NBA scouts have already seen them in high school. They know what they bring to the table. So if they pretty much just show what they were in high school and show that they're not regressing, then they're going to go in those same spots and they're going to get paid while doing so, which the NCAA can't compete with. And also, in the, you can get paid off your likeness in this, I'm assuming, correct? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the contract money for this, which goes up to about five hundred grand is completely separate from the ability to receive endorsement deals and sponsorship money. Right. So they have so they have their contract money, then you can get endorsements and sponsors and every you got to think about it, every big company, especially the shoe companies because obviously that's the big thing with basketball, they're all going to be trying to get in as soon as possible because they don't have to wait for them to get out of college anymore. They can start trying to push shoe deals as soon as they sign that contract to go play in that league. Uh, so it is a game changer. It changes the game of college basketball as we know it. Um, and really for you, Brooks, I I feel like some of these may be obvious, but I feel like you always have a deeper look on things. So what what outside of the obvious makes this such an attractive option for these guys? Well, you know, I, I this is another tweet that I made from my personal account earlier. Fran Franchilla said something uh, that really struck kind of a nerve with me. He, he's, he makes complete sense with what he said, but it struck a nerve with me because it hits on, in my opinion, the key reason why a lot of players don't have a desire to commit to being a part of the, you know, amateur collegiate experience. So Fran Franchilla said, if you are a D1 coach, given the quote-unquote new normal coming with immediate eligibility transfers, you need to tell your end-of-bench guys, sorry, son, I need your scholarship. We didn't pull it in the past, but we have to get that into that transfer portal now. You understand, right? Have to be ruthless. And you know, my reply to that is you, you see that. You see what happens with James Wiseman. You see – you know, college coaches making seven figures, you know, insane amounts of money per year. You see the NCAA, even in a year where things are shut down, still making millions and millions of dollars, the athletes get nothing. And James Wiseman is sidelined and basically kicked out of the NCAA for $11,000. How can you look at that? How can you look at the current state of things and not say these players the majority of which are African-American, by the way, which are black, are a commodity. They are a commodity. And if you are one of those players, you cannot look at statements like that. The tenor of coaches, the tenor of the NCAA, the tenor of media, the way that they look at you like like LeBron and Undisputed, the, their entire motto is shut up and dribble. You know, just shut your mouth and play sports for us. And and that's what these kids are. They they are a commodity com- commodity to help rich people get richer. And so it, it's all to me it's all about kids that have been marginalized and taken advantage of taking back the narrative and saying, "You know what? I don't need you. I can go make money on my own. I can I can pave my own pathway." And, and that's empowering for these kids that are being sold a bill of goods that, hey, listen, we'll help you get there. We'll, we'll pay you 
we'll develop you and then we'll get you in the league. I mean, you know, who are they to say that that won't happen? So it's, it's, as a college basketball fan, it's really disappointing to watch it play out, but it was inevitable. Right. I mean, right. It makes total sense. Kind of the way I, I was thinking about it earlier is that we know how good college coaches are at making relationships all around the country. It's why they get some of the best players, you know, outside of the fact that these schools can compete for national championships every year, they build incredible relationships with these players and their families. I mean, that's, that's, that's undisputable. Everyone knows how much time is put into recruiting and how much it takes to get a player on campus. But if that's all you can offer a player that and potentially developing them to get in the NBA, versus a contract, shoe deals, endorsements, sponsors, commercials. You, you Like you said, you cannot compete with that. And you cannot blame kids for saying, hey, look at option A, which is go play, be broke in college, potentially make it to the NBA, especially for the more mid-tier guys, the high-tier guys, the five-star, top 10, top 15 guys, pretty much know they're making money and going to be millionaires in a year. Um, but you look at that as option A, and then option B is, okay, go make at least half a million dollars, uh, play professional basketball, and then go get drafted the next season. It's it, it's such an easy option. You can't blame anyone for taking that option. And, Brooks, something that you and I talked about when R.J. Hampton chose to go play overseas last year is that it felt different. Because it's happened in the past, there's been a few examples of players like Terrence Ferguson that went and played overseas uh, and then went to the NBA, but it just felt different last year when R.J. did it because there were multiple other players going over that option as well, thinking about potentially going overseas. And it, like you said, it's finally these players saying, okay, we're, we're, we're taking back with what, what these people have taken from us for so long because they are, they're treated as a commodity. They're treated as a money-making machine. They're not treated like uh, people. Obviously that's how the NCAA wants it to be. They don't want them to profit. Uh, they don't want them to make any money off of it. So this is their way of saying, okay, we're going to take it back and we're going to make your product worse at the same time. So, it definitely hurts the game of college basketball, but no one can blame anyone for wanting to do that. It's it's the better option of the two, clearly. Absolutely. And and here's the thing for me. It's clear that the NCAA just does not care. They don't want at all. They don't want these kids playing college basketball. No. Um, they are delusional enough to think that their product is strong enough without these types of players. And the reality is that once the landscape starts to change, top-level players begin to go to, to this type of pro setup, the, the new elite will no longer be elite. And what it does is it levels the playing field for mid-majors. You thought parity was a thing now? Man, like just imagine Duke not having Zion Williamson uh, or, you know, who else? I mean, like, and that I mean that year they don't have they don't have Cam Reddish, R.J. Barrett, or Zion. They right, all would have went and played that league, obviously. Yeah, so you you lose three guys, or you know, Kentucky losing two to three guys off of every single year's roster, or Kansas losing two to three guys off of their roster, or North Carolina losing two to three guys off of their roster. It, it, yeah, or just, I mean, Memphis. Memphis wouldn't have had, I know they didn't have James for three games or whatever, but they wouldn't have had James or Precious last year. And potentially a guy like DJ could have went and played or Boogie could have went and played in that league. So it, it really starts to trickle down. Well, what it does for guys like Boogie, DJ, 
And even guys like Lester, those guys, you know, between 20 and 60, 65, now become your college superstars. And it makes the college, you know, the transfer portal with the looming, um, you know, immediate eligibility legislation pending, it makes those guys your new superstars. And it, it changes everything about the game. So Memphis has to adjust. But not only that, with this having such large implications across the board for college basketball, everybody has to adjust. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what Memphis does to regroup if and when, which I believe it is when Jalen Green announces that he's going pro. Like I said on the, the message boards, could Jalen Green, Marcus Green, Jalen's mom and family, could they sit down and eventually say, you know what, the money would be great, but a year cemented you know, uh, our legacy and our brand in a city with college athletics, having those fans supporting Jalen and buying his gear once he graduates, buying his jerseys, buying his shoes, that's something that's invaluable. Um, the the G League or you know this new experiment that I'm I'm hearing is in the works. It's not all bells and whistles. It's not roses and candy canes and unicorns. And uh, you know it's it's not pretty. The travel in the G League is horrible. The you know you're you're talking about being on charter buses and staying in Hampton Inns and you know, killing roaches in hotel rooms and, you know, taking red eyes and driving overnight to your next game. And that's something that I guarantee you these 18-year-old kids don't want to do versus, you know, flying private charter jets uh, and staying in top-notch hotels and eating the best food, uh, having a facility where you've got a, you know, a, a treadmill recovery pool that, only one NBA team has in the Houston Rockets. And, and that's Memphis's facilities are insane. You don't get that in the G League. So is it possible in a perfect world that Jalen Green tomorrow announces he's going to Memphis? Yes. Do I personally think it's likely? No. But, you know, you rewind the clock a couple months to Chris Moore, and I've been wrong before, you know. Um, and and I'll take that any day, being wrong and having a kid commit to Memphis and, and you know, saying for months that he was going to Memphis and, and believing in what I'm saying versus saying a kid is going to commit to Memphis and be wrong and he goes elsewhere. So Christian – what do you think happens tomorrow? I know that there's only really one of two outcomes that can happen. He either commits to Memphis or goes pro. What do you think? I think the obvious choice is, is him going pro. Like you said, especially if what you're hearing is in the works and he, and he's in the middle of that, I think that's too good of an opportunity to pass up and you can't blame him at all. Um, but like you said, there, there's there's pros and cons both ways. And I think you laid those out perfectly for, for how that works and the thought processes that, that players are being recruited, you know, to go play pro or thinking about going and playing pro or playing in this league that, that you're hearing about or with this team that you're hearing about uh, and the, and the pros of playing at Memphis or at any college, you know, they're kind of obvious on, on what they are. So 
Is it a possibility? Like you said, it's always a possibility. You never know until you know. You can hear from four or five different sources that something's going to happen, uh, but really only that kid knows what what his decision in what his decision is, and typically his parents, and that's pretty much it. Uh, and and when it happens, it happens. So, I think I think him deciding to go play pro ball is is the obvious choice. Would I be absolutely shocked if he ends up coming to Memphis? No, I mean I wouldn't be shocked. Not not much can surprise me anymore when it comes to recruiting, but I think that's a safe bet. Um, I wouldn't get hopes too high. I know there's still a lot of Memphis fans that are holding out hope and and thinking there could be a, a last-minute change of heart, and it's possible, but I just don't see it being the greatest outcome there. Well, here, here's a – we're 20 minutes in, and I'm going to close with a little bit more information. This is going to be controversial, and I might get my ass chewed out for for doing this. This is why this is a VIP podcast. It is what it is. Uh, we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there. Um, you know, Memphis put all of its eggs in, into Mike Miller's hands here, right? He's the lead on Jalen Green. He's the lead on Greg Brown. If he gets both, he's absolutely amazing and he's a hero. If he gets neither, what I'm being told is that Mike Miller actually has an option uh, to take a job in the NBA as an assistant GM for the D- Detroit Pistons and that the contract is already on the table for Mike Miller. Now, people listening right now are probably dropping their drinks and like, what? One, don't freak out. Two, we all knew that this day was coming when Mike Miller was going to, you know, take another job. It was just a matter of not when, but what job. Um, do, do I believe that this is absolutely true? Yes, 100%. I believe that Mike Miller has a job lined up that if, you know, if everything lines up correctly and he feels very little incentive to return to Memphis, he is taking that job. Um, where Memphis turns when that happens, I'm not sure, but, um, it's going to be interesting to see the way that they're recruiting shifts when that happens, because Mike Miller has been the primary guy to recruit the most elite level guys. Now, you know, Cody Toppert has been the lead on some of the most recent, uh, guys like Devin Askew, who's a five-star, he's a top 25 kid. Uh, Dawson Garcia, who's a top 30 McDonald's All-American. Um, you know, Matty Sissoko, who's a, a top 35 big man. He was the lead on some of those guys. Missed on all of them, first year recruiting. Um, but really, the elite top five, top 10 level guys have all been Mike Miller, Right. You know, Penny Hardaway is obviously he steps in when he needs to. Um, but in terms of lead, allowing assistants to build relationships, Mike has been the dude on those top top 10 level guys. And at this point, does Penny Hardaway even want to mess with those guys? Right? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a question for sure. Do you you've seen what that that leads to, obviously. I mean, with all the guys they've recruited over the past couple of years, especially in that top 10 to 15 range, you've kind of seen how it's panned out uh, outside I mean, of James. If everything we're saying comes to fruition, why would you waste your time? 
Right. Especially yeah, especially with that. Like if you know if you know that the majority of them are going to go play overseas, don't even waste the, you know, 2 years, two and a half years that you spend on those kids. I mean, they've been in with Jalen Green since Penny Hardaway became Memphis's coach, and if he leaves and decides to go pro, then you think that's going to become a trend. There's no there's no point. I mean, go for those 20 to 60 level guys like you got, you know, majority of last year with guys like we mentioned, DJ Lester, uh, Boogie, those guys, those guys, as you said, were going to be the superstars of college basketball. If this happens, stick with those guys. I wouldn't even waste my time on the top 10 to 15 guys. It's too much trouble. Yeah, so um, lots going on. Um, is That's an understatement. It's crazy to think in April without a postseason that we're sitting here and, and no AAU basketball going on right now. Um, it's crazy to sit here and say all of these things and, and take a step back and realize how much is going on. Uh, there's a kid from Mississippi. This is just a small side note that Memphis actually evaluated. His name's Elijah Martin. He's a six, two point guard. And uh, Memphis liked him a lot. He, he's unranked. He's a three star top 1200 football recruit who gave up football to play basketball solely. Um, I actually tweeted about him the other day. He's down to a final list of Tulane, Southern Miss, um, and a couple others. But um, this is just me breaking a little unrelated Memphis news. He's headed to McNeese State. I believe he's going to announce on uh, Saturday. But Memphis actually had some interest in him, and that's the only reason why I brought him up. Um, So, Christian, after all of that, I I really don't have anything else. I'm sure that if – and when Jalen uh, somehow commits to Memphis, we will have a podcast. If if he doesn't, we're probably not going to rehash all of this again, right? You're not going to make me do that. Yeah, no, 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 no. Once it's over, it's over. That's kind of the motto we've stuck with. I think a lot of people are like, when other when people commit other places, they're like, why aren't you talking about him anymore? Because we got other people to worry about. If he goes up. Yeah, like why write a commitment article for a kid who goes to a different school? Like Memphis fans don't want to read that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone, everyone knows it happened anyway. We don't need to rehash it. We don't need to go over it. No, no, not at all. So once, once it's over, if it's negative news, We'll leave it alone if it's positive news. We got a lot of stuff ready, so we're good either way. All right. Well, hey, in that case, we'll see you on the other side. Christian, you got anything else? I'm good. All right. Let's get back to work. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tigers and 20 VIP podcast. Thank you for being a part of the Go Tigers 247 family. We'll see you back here next week. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.